Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the THRP podcast. For this episode, we have invited Tarek McMullen to talk about the concept of strategy. It, we talk about how it can be implemented to your day-to-day life and how important it is f- for society and or a bit of understandings left and right. So I'm going to just say now, it's probably going to be the most important episode a podcast episode you've listened to so far in your life. It talks about so many things that can be implemented to your day-to-day life and how it functions and how it works. So make sure you listen. I'll make sure it's quite short too, so it's quite direct. And yeah, without getting too long, let's get on with it. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you giving the time and effort to come on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. I love conversations like this. Just kind of talk about experiences, kind of hear different views, each other's perspectives on the world. So I appreciate you having me. So do you want to give a bit of an introduction about yourself for the um, audience? Yeah, for sure. So I, um, <clears throat> I've kind of taken a traditional business path or maybe somewhat traditional business path. So I, w- I went to university went to undergraduate to study business and finance, got into uh, strategy and consulting type work, uh, went and got my MBA, went back into strategy consulting work, which is which is still where I am today. Um, so relatively traditional in that path. But I think what's been interesting for me is I, I realized after about 10 or 15 years on the path um, that it's it's um, maybe not exactly what I'm meant to be doing, not, not what I'm most passionate about and I guess ultimately that I wasn't being authentic to who I really was um, which a lot of people I know could say and it's probably cliched but it took me a while to really realize that and understand it to try and make some changes and um, so so I still currently do strategy work um, for, for a fortune 500 technology company um, but my approach to it is very different now as is my approach to life and, and I think a lot of that is grounded in you know, I've, I've really thought about my philosophy for life and kind of how I think and what I value. And it, it's helped me to get a lot of clarity on understanding myself and, and what matters to me, which has given me like much more confidence as I as I work in my professional career, but also in my personal life to try and make more of an impact, but also to, um, you know, enjoy what I do more and feel feel there's more purpose in it. Like it's, it's much more deliberate, I guess, is the way I would I was I was super passive in the way I lived I didn't realize that at the time but I was kind of being influenced and pushed by a number of different factors whereas I thought I was in control but but I really wasn't it's probably more of a philosophical answer than a, than a true background answer but that's kind of what gets me excited and what I'm passionate about thinking about things like that and how to be more deliberate in life so I'm going to pick up one one word that you mentioned and that was being authentic so um, I want to ask you, what does authentic mean to you? It's a good question. Um, I, I think it means, for me, it means understanding, well, a lot of self-reflection and questioning yourself to understand what you actually value in life. And when I say value, it could be, you know, traditional values we think about, like, you know, I want to be honest, I, I want to help people, but but I think it's it's broader than that as well. It, it's truly what brings you pleasure in life in, in the generic sense. So it could be more hedonistic. It could be things, you know, sex, partying, drugs, whatever that bring you pleasure. Um, but likely it's also other things, right? Maybe it's physical activity. Maybe it's having a family, building relationships. But 
it's really figuring out truly what are the things that bring you pleasure in life and being very deliberate and thoughtful about that. And then just living that and really just going after those things in, in a very direct way. But the key piece there is the thoughtful piece. Because one of my big views is that we can't really trust our own minds. It's not that our minds are always wrong. Um, they may be right a lot of the time, but we just can't tell when they are and they aren't. So often we're living in alignment with values that may or may not be ones that are true to us. So I think being authentic, it means really doing that work to, to figure out and get clarity on um, what do I really value? What do I really care about? And then having the courage and kind of mental toughness to go after it. So um, you also talked about um, in this answer, you talked about how we can trust our minds. So can you go a bit into depth about that? Yeah, for sure. So here's the way I think about it. And I, I've spent a lot of time. So I kind of I have this analogy of this framework that I use, which is that I think as many people I think would agree, there's two components to our mind. There's kind of the conscious thinking mind. And then there's the subconscious, some people would call it the ego. My belief is that um, our mind's main job is to manage what I would call like this pleasure versus discomfort meter for, for, for ourselves and our life. So our mind's constantly looking and saying, how do I optimize to make sure there's more pleasure than discomfort in, in our lives? Um, which makes sense, right? There's some logic to that. The problem is, I think for most people, most of the time, that's the job of the subconscious. It's, that's the job it takes on. And it's really good at that job. It's super good. It's super dedicated. It's super focused on making sure that we are optimizing for pleasure and trying to minimize discomfort. Uh, it cares about us. It's trying to do right by us. The problem is it's super short-sighted and it doesn't have the ability to think long-term and have like big picture perspective. So it's trying to manage that meter of pleasure versus discomfort in the moment, like second by second, minute by minute. So if you're trying to make a decision of, should I go for a run right now? Or should I eat something healthy? That subconscious is running and thinking, well, what's going to bring me more pleasure right now? What's going to bring me discomfort? And it's going to make decisions based on that. And I think that dictates a lot of our lives. Um, versus our conscious mind has the ability to think bigger picture longer term, but it doesn't often get engaged, right? It, it kind of defers to the subconscious. And when it's really bad, we don't even know that. We think we're in control. We think we're making decisions consciously, but really it's the subconscious dictating that. So when I say, you know, I don't trust my mind, again, it's not to say it's always bad or it's always wrong, but I think more times than not, it's making short-sighted decisions. And we don't always have clarity on when that's happening. So that's where it gets back to just being reflective and questioning yourself. You have to constantly, it's almost, you know, you've heard this, I'm sure before. Imagine there was a jar of candy and there was a thousand pieces of candy in there and you knew four of them were poisonous, but you had no idea which ones. <laughs> you wouldn't just freely eat all that candy and assume, well, yeah. I should be okay. You have to check, you have to make sure. And that's kind of the way I think about how our mind works. Okay. So um, I'm going to go a bit into um, once again, one thing they said, and that's um, determining which I, I thought was um, interesting. So how do you determine whether that your process, thought process is conscious or subconscious? Conscious? Yeah, I think um, it's hard. It's part of it, right? It takes a lot of work and a lot of energy and it's challenging and it's messy. Probably the biggest indicator is how simple versus complex is it, right? Now this all assumes it's based on something like important or an important topic. If you're just trying to figure out what to eat for dinner or, you know, if you should drive through that red light or not, that's, that's obviously a little bit of a different situation. But if it's, if it's bigger things that you've deemed important about your career or your family or your life, um, I often find that the simpler it is, the simpler it seems, 
that probably means you're not engaging the conscious mind as much as the subconscious. Because the subconscious, again, it's trying to minimize discomfort. Simplicity is comfortable. We want things that are easy and simple. We want things that are very coherent and it all makes sense. So I find whenever you have that, whenever you have simplicity, or to take it to an extreme, whenever you have certainty, I think that's always a, an indicator that you're probably not being fully thoughtful and using your conscious mind. I, I personally think certainty is kind of the enemy. In many ways, I think that's the thing I want to avoid more than anything is ever having complete certainty on a topic, because that means you're pretty much shutting off your conscious mind, right? If you think about it, when you have certainty, you're saying, I'm 100% sure. There's nothing you could tell me. There's no new information that could be presented that's going to change my mind on this. So why would you need to think about it? Why would your conscious mind engage? You've made the decision already. So I think certainty in many ways is the best friend of the subconscious. So whenever it's simple, whenever it seems certain, I think that's an indicator that you might be working at there. Okay. And um, I'm going to go into this a bit more because um, I think this is really important, especially as someone, um, as like as viewer, or as audience, I mean, and that's how do you apply this concept to your day-to-day -day life? You mentioned how subconscious relates to uncertainty and simplicity and what is what is deemed to be pleasure and not just comfort. But how do you make sure and how do you apply that to your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, so again, I think it starts with having, so if you think about it, it as almost like a mathematical calculation. I think every decision we make, every belief we hold, every opinion we hold is ultimately a calculation looking at that pleasure versus discomfort in some ways and kind of doing like a cost benefit analysis. So our mind's kind of running that and it's trying to determine is this net positive for us or is this net negative? The inputs to that calculation or like the underlying, um, you know, the underlying variables and, and all that that go into it is very much your values. So I think it has to start with that process of figuring out for yourself and for everybody it's different, what are those values that I care about? Because that's going to ultimately dictate that, that equation, that calculation that you're running. So you have to have kind of a firm understanding of that. And with that comes like an understanding of what's my objective in life? What am I trying to do? But then when you run into a situation where you, you need to make that decision, I think it's, it, starts by, it starts by challenging yourself. So you're going to come to some decision, right? If you're not consciously thinking, you're still making a decision. You're still coming out with a calculation that's coming out with an output. It's probably just being run by your subconscious. And to stick within math terms, you're probably doing like a, a elementary school level of math to come out to that decision. The goal is to run like PhD level math to do that. So to do that, it has to be that, that hard work of questioning and challenging. And a lot of that comes into just, you know, looking at it from different perspectives. So if I'm, if I'm trying to make a decision of, should I make a career change, right? Should I, should I quit this job? I have more opportunity. Should I do podcasting full-time or should I go travel the world or whatever it is? Um, you're going to get an initial reaction that you're going to get an immediate answer in your head of what that should be. The job then is to really challenge that and look at it from all, from all angles and get to like a first principles understanding of what's driving that feeling, what's driving that understanding, because clarity becomes the goal. So it's a lot of questioning and challenging yourself, but I don't think often we can do it ourselves. So the other thing that I think is important in my day-to-day -day life is this concept that I've heard, which is called like checking your instruments. And the idea is if you think of like a, a fighter pilot or somebody who's flying like a, a jet plane, <clears throat> there's tons of instruments in that plane because depending on the weather and things going on, you might not actually be able to see in front of you. You might not actually know which way you're facing. So you have to rely on some external instruments to help guide you, right? Because the same thing, you can't necessarily trust your own vision or your own mind. So I try and put instruments in place, whether it be family members or friends, or just things that I kind of want to remind myself of, think about in terms of my values so that 
if I do get too caught up in my own head, if I do start going down a path and feeling like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. I know there's some opportunity for me to be aware if I'm, if I'm going wrong in some way. Um, so I think that's a big piece of it too, having those kind of external instruments to help. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a lot of thoughtful, hard work and thinking and, and appreciating that complexity of it all. I'm just going to ask this short question um, about instruments um, and the meaning of instruments. Does it, in your opinion, does the idea of instruments have to be like a human, like a human person, or can it just be anything? Yeah, I think it can be anything. I don't, I don't think it has to be a human person. I think, I think at the end of the day, what instruments are meant to do is provide you more input. And I'm a firm believer that input is always a good thing. You know, back to the mathematical part of it, how you weight that input, how you factor it into your equation, that, that can go wrong. But it could be another person could be your emotions, right? It could be own things that you feel that you don't necessarily know what it means, but you feel yourself getting angry. You feel yourself getting anxious. You feel yourself getting happy. All those things are inputs. I think where people often go wrong is they think that is the answer, that feeling. But if you take that as an instrument, if you take that as an input that says, well, there's something here, this is telling me something, what is it telling me? And how do I factor that into everything else? You know, what this other person is saying, what I'm saying. So it could be that. Um, it could be those values we spoke about before, right? So just having those kind of written down and laid out, you kind of have this plan of what you want to do. Check that instrument, right? As you're making that decision, really line it up against those values. Am I living up to that? So it's anything that gives you the opportunity to get some objectivity and you're looking at it to say, am I sure my mind is approaching this the right way? And we'll never know for sure. That's kind of the crazy thing. I think that's where a lot of people um, don't like this type of approach because they feel like it's a lot of work and you still aren't guaranteed to get to the right answer. And that's true, but it increases the probability. All those instruments, whatever they might be, people or other things are meant to just help increase that probability. Yeah. So I'm gonna go a bit into your um, career. If, sure. And that is about um, strategy and working at a Fortune 500 company. So do you wanna just go a bit into what you do at day-to-day -day basis in terms of your career? Yeah, and it's interesting because it, it relates to this in some way. So in many ways, my job is to figure out as a company, what are the things we should be doing, right? What are the right decisions we should be making for the business? Now, the, from the object, objective part of it and the value part of it, it's a little bit simpler because it's, you know, we want to grow the business. We want to be more profitable. Um, we want to do all those things, right? So we have these objectives of, of what we want to achieve. So my job in many ways is to look at the market that we sit in and it's a technology market it's like around um ai and you know cognitive oh. technology and those types of things and understand like what are our customers really on what are our competitors doing what are the new technologies going on and based on all that like how can we craft a strategy or a plan that we think is going to best help us hit our objectives um trying to factor that all in so again it's, it's somewhat representative of this so a lot of it is looking at a lot of data a lot of inputs a lot of instruments like we were just talking about and trying to figure out, are we on the right track? Are, are we making the right decisions? Are we heading down the right path? And then constantly reevaluating that to say, okay, we placed this bet, right? We, we launched this new product or we put out this new marketing campaign. Um, is it working? And if it's not working, why isn't it working? In many ways, I think the core of the job that I do is around like root cause analysis. It's um, figuring out if we're gonna do something, why are we doing it? You know, what's the, what's the, what's the root issue that we're trying to solve? Um, and if it's not working or we're seeing certain results, why are those results coming in? Because what, what happens a lot in business that I see as well as with people, um, and I'm very much guilty of this as much as anybody else, but 
um, again, we want simplicity. So we often end up guessing more than we admit, you know, something's not working. Oh, it's probably this reason. And it sounds logical, kind of little L logical, but uh, so we assume that must be the reason. I think as a, as a strategy professional, a lot of the job is to not allow that to be the final step. It has to be big L logical. We have to really, as best we can, have concrete evidence and data and analysis that says, no, 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 this is why we think this is happening and therefore we're gonna take this action. So it's kind of forcing that analytical rigor and way of thinking into the business. Okay, interesting. So I'm gonna quickly go into this and that's the data. What would be like the main source of data? And would that be like the user or would it be something else? Yeah, it's a combination. Um, a lot of it is the user or the customer and just kind of getting that feedback. So some of it at a very high level is like, how are we performing? How much revenue did we bring in? Um, or, you know, what's the revenue look like? What's the profit look like? And you can get a little bit more complex than that. You could look, look at things like NPS, like a net promoter score, which is kind of like customer feedback on how we're performing and looking at things like that. Um, then there's also internal data that we look at as well. We try and understand from like an internal perspective, um, how much utilization do we have of our people? Like how much time are they spending in different areas? Are they focused in the areas that we want them to be focused on? Um, you know, obviously there's some internal cost things that we look at it as well. So there, there's lots of different data points that we look at, but I think the key, um, if, you're, if you're a customer facing business as, as we are, the customer should be the center of it, right? It's not to say that other stuff doesn't matter, but back to the root cause, back to the objective. The objective is to make the customer happy. So they're willing to pay for what you have. So I think it has to start there um, and be under, understanding them at a really, really deep level. And then having the metrics that support that again, like revenue, customer satisfaction, things like that. So I'm going to ask this question mostly because I'm interested in this. And that is, do you think your job is the same as someone else's job that's using, that has like the same, that's doing the same things, but like it's some, in another company in another sector do you think it's going to be the same or do you think that's going to be it's going to be completely different where it isn't it isn't distinguishable good question um you know i think it probably should be the same in many ways because the things we we're talking about of yeah. understanding the root cause understanding the issues of what's happening i think it should be the same but I think in reality and in practice, it's probably not. I think there's lots of different approaches people take, even within my own company. I think there's people even within my own team who see things very differently and approach it differently. Um, and so, yeah, so short answer is no. I think, I think it ends up being more different than it is the same. Um, and I'm actually okay with that. Um, back to some of the points in the beginning, my, my big thing would be, as long as you're thoughtful about it, as long as you know why you're taking the approach you're taking, you've considered other approaches um, and this is the one that you think is best, as long as there's a logic to it, then I think that's okay. Um, so I think that's fine. I, I think you didn't ask this directly, but I think where I would probably say that that becomes a problem is when people are doing things just because, well, that's what somebody told me to do, or that's how I thought we were supposed to do it, but didn't really consider other ways of doing it. Didn't really entertain the possibility that there might be a better way. But I think at its core, it should be the same, even in different industries and different places. Okay, that's thank you for that. Um, this gives a bit more clarity. So I'm going to go into more depth about this question. And that is, I mentioned how it's going to be different in the different companies. And then you mentioned how it should be the same in different industries. So 
do you think that this like the idea of this like career will become a fundamental skill in the future i do i do think so because i think the way the world is going with automation and different things um it becomes much more about thinking and strategy um than it does about doing to an extent <laughs> frankly um which we could debate if that's a good thing or a bad thing but um yeah I, I think the ability to understand what the business is trying to achieve understand our customers and what they want and and take actions towards that end um is going to become more and more a part of, of everybody's job because you could even look at it right like i do strategy but you could sit in a marketing department you can sit in like a product development department um all different areas even finance to an extent and it becomes less about the simple mechanics of, okay, I need to post this ad on social media, or I need to do this accounting analysis to get the, you know, the 10K complete for the business or whatever it is. It's more about what's the value add. That stuff becomes more mechanical and can be automated. The ability to understand how to direct the automation, how to kind of optimize for whatever it is you're trying to achieve. That's more of the critical thinking which, you know, most people think like obviously in strategy, but I think it actually cuts across all different business functions. So I really do. I think this, this ability to think strategically and critically is important in our personal lives, but as much so in, in business and professionals in whatever career you're in, right? Because you can think about it, even if you're a doctor um, or whatever it might be, uh, I think that ability to think strategically and, and understand things at that level is at the core of, of much of it. So I'm going to go even more into depth about this. And I'm gonna give a bit of like some sort of debates on this idea. Sure. So I'm just looking as if you, your answer was pretty much saying, yes, strategy is gonna become a fundamental skill and it's gonna be an important skill. And I'm gonna look at um, what someone else would think. So what I think what someone else would think, say, as, as if it was opposed to your um, idea, is that strategy would end up from being a skill becoming the same thing that you said that shouldn't be happening as a career that um emotions and that subconscious thinking starts to come into play and it's and the idea of it's probably this and it's probably that going to come into play so what do you think about that idea what do you think about that concept yeah it's a good question and i think if i'm, if I'm hearing you right it's it's what you're saying is strategy in many ways to do it right is um, it takes a lot of mental skill and capability. So how do you reconcile that with what I said at the beginning, which is, well, we can't trust our own minds. Like our minds aren't very good <laughs> at doing that. So yeah. that becomes yeah. problematic. And I think there's truth to that. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but I, I think the aspiration still has to be for, for us, you know, the rhetorical us um, to figure out how to um, optimize our minds, address those issues, how to figure out how to manage our subconscious in such a way that we can do it effectively. Cause I guess I would, I would ask the question back of what's the alternative, right? If, if we don't trust our minds, which obviously I agree with to an extent and we say, well, okay, then, then strategy really isn't, is in a role that's important. Well, then how do we decide what we're going to do, right? Like there, there's going to be, we're going to do something. Somebody's going to decide at some point or another, there's going to be decisions made and actions will be taken. So I wonder from your side, what, what, what would be the alternative as you think about that? If not, you know, a strategy function driving that or whatever it might be. Okay, so um, we're starting to um, wrap everything things up. Do you want to end on a concluding thought? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'd say I'd come back to this point that um, the, the most important thing we can do is to entertain the possibility that we don't 
have full clarity, that we don't see things the way we think they are. Frankly, we might be wrong. We have to entertain the possibility that we might be wrong. And that can be painful. That can force us to look at things, whether it be in business or in our personal lives, what I'd call like inconvenient truths. They're like, oh shit, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not as good of a dad. Our business kind of sucks. This product that I thought was gonna be the home run isn't working. Um, where we go wrong is when we develop certainty, right? Once we feel like, no, 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 this has to be right. This has to be good. I have to be a good dad, whatever it is. As painful as it is, as hard as it is, we have to entertain the possibility that it might be different. And um, if we want to get better, if we want to actually achieve the things we say we want to achieve, we have to embrace that that way of thinking. Yeah. Once again, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you giving the time. And yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for having me. Did you enjoy that episode? I already know you did. So, you want to listen to more episodes? Well, we've got you covered. Check out our previous episodes on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts. Want to know more about our future episodes? Well, look no further. Check out our website regularly or simpler, just follow us on our Insta. So, I'll let you listen to our previous episodes and I hope you have a good day.